up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 42 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. Uh, you know what? I, I don't feel like I want to be an antagonist today. Uh, water Pokemon are okay. I'm not going to be mean to you. All right, good. Sounds like a nice uh, change of pace. Seto Kaiba came down and played a change of heart on me. Sorry. You know, one day, one day, one day, we'll get through that transition naturally, Andy. But that day's not today. No. So we're also joined by the Edgelord with the Heart of Gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey. <laughs> and the Guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. As I'm sure you can uh, tell, Peggy is not with us this uh, week. Unfortunately, her internet is being um, like rewired, basically. So she's just shit out of luck, couldn't get on this week. Uh, there's a couple news items that you might expect to have on the list if you're uh, an esports fan. We will not be talking about them this week. We're going to wait until Peggy returns next week, and then we'll get into all that fun esports stuff. Uh, so, you know, you just, you just, just going to have to deal with us today. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I know. Um, But, you know, it's it's all right. We're going to get through. It's going to be a good show. We got some good stuff planned. Um, Even though Peggy's not here, though, we do have a little bit of reader mail, which is going to get her into the show. So let me just pull that up. So uh, Peggy writes in and says, I would like one Owlboy key, please. Oh, Thompson's so close. Hi, yes, I would like the owl boy key. I think I deserve it because I like owl. Man on the boy part, but whatever. And have watched every game. The Overwatch League has been incredibly exciting, and the most recent week proved that Seoul is still pretty strong, but the Western teams are catching up in terms of team (laughs) performance and overall mechanical mastery, as demonstrated through the recent Dynasty v. Outlaws game. Despite Dynasty winning, the Outlaws in particular have gone from, wait, wrong owl. Oops. Either way, I would like it so Thompson doesn't have it. I mean, I'll give it to him anyways, but I like the joke. So if anyone else writes in, they get it. But yeah, thanks. I think she deserves it with that. I mean, the fact that she does watch Owl all the time pretty much wins. Peggy put more She's effort the owl into girl, that joke so than I ever who else really deserves? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, she's the Owl girl. So who else really deserves a copy of Owl Boy as much as she does? I don't know. So, Andy, I'm going to leave it to you. Mm. Uh, I guess you give it to her, and if she wants to be nice enough to yeah, give it to Thompson, I think Thompson has conceded the Owl Boy to Peggy. So she's got a good essay. She is, so. she is Owl Girl. She wrote the essay. <laughs> she did write the essay. If you want to pick up uh, a copy of the first season of Life is Strange, which is this week's video game giveaway from the Video Game Pals, because I have too many keys from Humble Bundle. Uh, yeah, uh, this is definitely a thing we want to start doing regularly because both of us have a ton of extra keys. So um, you've heard me and Thompson both sing the praises of Life is Strange. You want a copy for yourself? Uh, write in to the show. Let us know why you think you deserve it. And uh, where can they write in? Oh, well, they could write in to us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Oh, no they way! Also hit, I know! They could also hit up our sister show, at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. Uh, you can, you know, just get, send us a tweet. That's also a valid way to enter your essay. Um, you might have to do multiple tweets, though. So, you know, keep that in mind. But, uh, and then, you know, if you're an audio listener, you're on YouTube, you can let us know in the comments down below why you think you deserve a copy of Life is Strange. Uh, and if you really want to help out the show, you can jump over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated show. Give us a rating, help us get, uh, you know, recognized by new listeners. If you're a YouTube listener, uh, same deal applies. Like, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and just share, share the show. Share the episode with your friends, uh, your pals, anyone who you think might enjoy what we're doing and, uh, might want to come hang out and, you know, enjoy the show as well. 
Uh, it's a huge help. And um, I am going to specifically plug this again. If you're not a YouTube person and you, you get the show, um, you know, maybe you're on SoundCloud, maybe you're on iTunes where we get a lot of love. Uh, or sorry, Apple Podcasts. Um, jump over to YouTube. If you've got a Gmail account, you've got a YouTube account. Uh, give us a subscribe. We've got a ton of cool new stuff over there. Like uh, we do a video version of the podcast now. So if you want to see our, well, let's call them pretty faces. Uh, if you want to see our pretty faces while we do the show, you can tune in and do that. Um, you know, we've also got a ton of YouTube exclusive content. We've been real close to hitting 100 subs for the last month or so. Uh, we really want to cross that milestone. So please jump over there. Give us a subscribe. It really does help us out. Uh, so with that, um, I have a little something I want to just bring uh, up. I have a uh, correction from last week's show. So uh, last week on the show, we talked about the hashtag not Nolan movement um, and uh, the the revoking of the like sort of lifetime achievement award or not a lifetime achievement. It was the um, like the Innovators Award or whatever um, for Nolan Bushnell from the GDC. Uh, we talked all about the issue, uh, or so I thought. Uh, I ended up getting a lot of heat on our YouTube channel this week, uh, or last week, I suppose, uh, for missing some updates that had come out about the story uh, since I did my research and then when we actually recorded the show. Uh, so those of you who don't know, we generally record the show, like, you know, it's a few days before um, we actually publish it, so there's always the chance that something gets lost through the cracks, or in this case, uh, there was some information that had come out that just wasn't picked up by the mainstream media, and I didn't see it. Um, so I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize uh, for, for this mistake, for this omission. Um, you know, the best thing you can do in this kind of situation is just own up to the mistake that you made. And, uh, you know, hopefully you all give me the chance to do better next week or this week, I suppose. Um, so I have included an article uh, that's on Medium.com. It's from Brad Glasgow, who's a journalist over at a site called Game Objective. He did a piece on uh, YouTube and then as well on Medium that adds a number of quotes from formal uh, from former Atari employees who were women who worked with Bushnell. And uh, in the interest of time, I don't want to read every statement and reopen this story. We do have a bunch of new stories to get into this week. Um, but I have linked it down below for you all to read. And I'm going to read one quote uh, from a former Atari employee, Lonnie Reeder, who I think really perfectly sums up kind of the other side of the argument and the rebuttal to um, this criticism of, uh, of Bushnell. So I'm going to read directly from the article here. Brad writes, Although many people disagreed with the decision based on the information available, it was later that day when an unheard voice of the past would make her voice heard and uh, the defense of Nolan Bushnell would begin. Lonnie Reeder worked at Atari with Nolan Bushnell back in the 1970s. She is among many former Atari employees on the Atari Museum Facebook group where she wrote a post to express her disagreement with the situation. The thread was leaked and made public. Specifically, uh, excuse me, talking specifically about Brianna Wu, uh, and for those of you who don't know, um, I included a tweet from Brianna Wu uh, in the original thing. She is uh, a politician slash game designer who um, kind of drummed up the whole thing, and that was another thing that I got dinged for, was not properly explaining um, her kind of, I guess, skin in the game, uh, and this, this quote does do that as well, so um, I'll leave you with this and we'll move on. So, talking specifically about Wu, Lonnie Reader said, quote, Based on her political aspirations, personal assumptions, and libelous accusations against a man where no complaints have been raised or filed, she made a big, unfounded noise against Nolan, and the Pioneer Award honor was withdrawn. Uh, so, again, if you want to hear more from Reader, uh, there's two other prominent Atari employees um, who are women, as well as some of the men who have clarified some of their 
previous statements or come out to outright criticize this attack on Bushnell's character and have mostly kind of come down on it on the um the, the way that Sean and I addressed it, where it was a different time, none of this stuff was unconsensual, nobody felt pressured, it was, you know, after the sexual revolution, and, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess second wave feminism, um, so, you know, I think, um, if you heard the story last week, it's worth going and reading this, hearing the other star- side of it, and, um, making sure you have the full story, uh, and I, I apologize for contributing to the fact that you might not have, not, might not have gotten it. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, that's the last time we have to make a correction like this on this show. I'm sure it won't be. That's part of the gig. But, um, you know, I, I appreciate um, – I as much as some of you came at me with a little heat, I appreciate the people that did take the time to call me out. And, uh, you know, again, hopefully we'll get it right this time. So, uh, again, if you want to let us know, you know, what you're doing this week, send in with a random question, any of that stuff, you can hit us up at the comics pal, or excuse me, the video game pals at gmail.com and, uh, hear your thoughts right on the air. Um, just like these fine folks kind of did. So, uh, yeah, uh, with that, um, we're going to jump right into the news, the news, we talking about the news, the news, the news, we talking about the news. All right, so we've got seven items on the news list this week, and uh, a couple, couple really good ones. Not, not too, too much, but uh, some, some fun stuff to touch on. Uh, so we've got another update from last week, uh, which is not my favorite story to talk about, but let's just get the, the not so savory stuff out of the way. Um, Counter Strike co-creator Jess Cliff has been charged with commercial sex- sexual abuse of a minor. So uh, we talked about this last week. Um, Cliff had been arrested, but he hadn't been charged with anything. It seemed like uh, maybe child pornography was involved based on the charges. So it was kind of all just speculation at that point. He had been suspended from Atari, or not Atari, Jesus Christ, got Bushnell on the mind, Uh, suspended from his job at Valve, and it was kind of like, let's wait and see what happens, right? So since then, um, it has been revealed that Cliff actually paid a 16-year-old prostitute who was called AC in court documents, and I'll refer to her as AC from now on, uh, for sex on three separate occasions. So during one of their meetings, Cliff also filmed them without her consent using his iPhone. So Cliff was released on $150,000 bail and was called, quote, a risk to the community based on these findings by the judge. Uh, and according to the police report, Cliff met the girl on a site called Seeking Arrangements, which Polygon described as a site which uh, promotes, quote, mutually beneficial relationships between sugar daddies and sugar babies. Can't make this stuff up. So Cliff has admitted to, quote, picking up a date and has revealed uh, he was, quote, familiar and engaged with several dating websites that catered to these sugar... Um, (laughs) But his defense attorney maintains that Cliff was not looking for underage women to have sex with and had no idea that AC was only 16 years old at the time of, uh, of their meetings. Um... So, like I said, we reported last week on how Cliff had been suspended from his job at Valve. Uh, There's been no update since he was officially um, uh, charged with the crime, which was, uh, I think, four days ago at the time of this recording. So, no word from Valve on what what their ultimate plans are here. Uh, So, now that we have a little bit more information, um, what do you you guys think about this situation? What, What do you say about this, like... I don't know. It's, it's out of bounds. I'm not interested in this. Like, let the yeah. I I agree with Sean here. I do just want to uh, give one little correction. As as far as I've read, I thought he was denied bail. Um, 
Oh, no. From what I read in two separate articles, he got out on bail. Oh, did he? So, I don't... I, yeah, I thought that's, that's wrong, where the was, yeah. where the like risk to the community came from. Oh, okay. Yeah, I um from from what I read in both the Polygon article and the original uh, Ars Technica article that I pulled from, which I linked to down below, they both said that he was released on his bail. Oh, okay. So, um, I don't know if somebody wants to fact check us, fact check us on that one, and then let uh, let people know in the comments. That would be great. Um, but yeah, from what I could find, it, it does seem he was released. Okay. Cool. I don't really feel like I have too much to add to this either. Um, you know, I think we're just going to kind of have to let the courts do their job here and and see where it all lies because, um, you know, I think, like, obviously this is a serious situation. Um, but, I like, if he didn't know that she was underage, that does definitely change how the things are going to proceed. Um, so... To, to a point, but, Pete, he did... Whip his phone out to record someone without them knowing. Sure, he's sixteen or eighteen. I don't oh think yeah, that's, yeah. I'm not. Know. I'm definitely not exonerating that action for sure. Um, that's. Uh, I mean, that's that's a different crime though, right? I, mean, I wonder if that's like because I feel like if they are gonna hit him with the you know um, what was it? Uh, not exploitation of a minor, but um, commercial sexual abuse of a minor. I think that's like probably a lot more serious than that the charge he would receive for recording someone without their consent, you know? So I think it's, it's going to be the difference of like a fine and a slap on the wrist or if this guy goes to jail, you know, I mean, in a lot of jurisdictions, I know, um, at least New Jersey is one of them. That's the only one I'm positive on the not knowing they were underage is not a legally admissible defense. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I'm pretty yeah, sure it, it's not I know for sure that's one yeah. in New Jersey. I don't know how it is in, I guess, Washington, right? That's where they're at. Yeah, I think I think that's where he lives. Yeah, um, but in I know it, in area. a lot of places it's like doesn't matter if you didn't know. Doesn't matter if they lied. If they had like a note from their grandma and a fake ID saying, uh, you know, I'm 18. Uh, the idea is that like it's it's serious enough that it's on you to. Like, know and be sure. And if you're wrong, it's mm. still on you. If he's on a website specifically with the word sugar babies, uh, I don't necessarily think that, you know, he cared if she was too young or not, you know? I mean, no, like, yeah, you that's can't, not you can't project that on him. That's yeah. not it's like, true. you don't know. Like, you know, it's I don't like, know. No, no. I mean, he wanted young well, women. I mean, I'm sure he wanted them 18. I don't think he wanted them underage. Oh, okay, you're saying, saying that you don't you know? think that. I don't think he's specifically targeting okay. underage people. No, but he wanted yeah, the, them young. The way you so said there's it the chance like it that the that's going to happen. Oh, sorry. No, like uh, the chance of that's going to happen that someone's going to say that they're age and they're not is a lot higher when you're you know going for a younger age group for sure. Specifically, if you're going for someone around the 18 zone specifically, you know, I mean. They have video evidence of what this guy did or didn't do. I don't know. Yeah, obviously. I mean, they have so the... They have hard evidence, though, so Yeah, I mean, we'll it seems like it they out, have you know? the video that he shot. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I would I would imagine, yeah. he's, I imagine he's going away. And they, they can probably find that stuff out somewhere else, too. Like, one of the, you know, some data mining crap that they can do. Who knows? I mean, if it was merited, I don't think everything's CSI, <laughs> you know, like, but... Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see where this one goes. Um... Well, I guess we'll update you again when it's all ultimately all said and done. But you know, I don't, I don't really have too much else to add on this one. So, um. can we can we not update <laughs> this ever? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll just throw it up on social media. <laughs> um, so yeah, moving moving yes. right along. Um, behavior outside Twitch 
can now result in an indefinite ban. Uh, so this is this is a really interesting one. Obviously, this is like a little outside of like gaming news specifically. We talk a lot about the issue of uh, kind of toxicity online and in online communities, and uh, Twitch is making some pretty unprecedented moves here to try and uh, limit that on the platform. So Twitch is introducing a new set of community guidelines, um, which for the first time are going to make it so that streamers um, can now receive indefinite bans based on their behavior outside of the platform. So in a blog post on Twitch's community board, the company explained that any streamer who uses another medium to harass or send hate to another streamer will now be considered in violation of Twitch's policies. So uh, Twitch confirmed to Polygon that they won't be actively monitoring other sites, but they'll be re uh, instead re relying on reports from viewers. So if you like had a beef with another Twitch streamer that you took to Twitter to be like, everyone go you know harass this person or go fuck up their stream or whatever, um, they're they're going to see that as part of you like violating the agreement you made as a Twitch creator, right? Of of not getting in beef with other Twitch creators, more or less. Um, you know, and they, they straight up said that this is overall an, an attempt for them to minimize toxicity on the platform and to hold people accountable for, you know, their actions as much as they can, right? And um, I think this is a good move. You know, I think there are a lot of people who seem to think that they're overstepping their boundaries. But, um, I mean, we've talked a lot about how this is a major problem in online gaming. And I think uh, trying to make it so that people who are finding an audience because of this stuff don't have the tools to monetize it is uh is is a step in the right direction uh yeah i agree with that i i think uh every every platform that is involved in gaming has to do more and so for twitch to make to take this step uh I, I don't see anything wrong with it because at the end of the day, if you are a, you know, if you're a public person because you're, you know, you're broadcasting yourself on Twitch, you're broadcasting yourself on YouTube or whatever. Uh, if you're acting in the public and you're taking actions that are harmful towards others, you shouldn't be able to reap the benefits. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think not to mention Twitch is within their right as a business to not want people like this associated with their platform, you know? Um, People like to cry free speech about stuff like this, but, like, Twitch is a private company that is allowing you to use their service to make money for free. They don't owe you anything, um, especially not the opportunity for you to, like, spew hate speech, which is specifically what they're targeting, you know, is, like, and they outline, you know, these are the things you're not supposed to talk about, you know, and it's, like, it's race, it's religion, it's, like, disabled status, veteran status, it's, like, don't, basically don't be an asshole, you know, and, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I'm shedding any tears for someone who's going to get banned for yeah, this. Yeah, seriously, like, I really hate this idea that being a toxic fuck is part of video games culture. Yeah. And, like... Or that that's free speech, yeah. that you're protected to be a fucking asshole. Like, that you're protected to just be a fucking asshole, like, on other people's private platforms. Yeah, if you're... The one thing I like this for, mostly, is, like, obviously, if people are going to other things like Twitter, you know, any other sort of social media platform to harass or incite something because they couldn't solve it on Twitch, right? Twitch's rules are already there. They knew that it was wrong to do on that place, yep. so they went somewhere else. Um, I'm not saying that those other places have to monitor themselves, but for Twitch to say, hey, if you're jumping off of us to do something else, basically involving something that started with us, you know, like, that's fucked up. Like, don't just keep hiding, you know? There's gotta be some layer of responsibility for the person doing it, not necessarily, you know, so Switch, you're in your right to do this, yeah. man. Good job, you know? Um, 
we do need to improve any way we can with this kind of crap because I mean, maybe one out of every thousand players is a piece of shit. You know what I mean? It's not like everyone's a piece of shit, but these people are really famous and like that's the, you know, Hashtag perception free that Tyler everyone's won. toxic and stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> and don't, yeah, and like there's some games that have way more yeah. toxic players than others, but like, you know, I mean, I think I think one of the things that's important in this too is Twitch also said that they're going to um, be deciding these bans based on context. So like they said, context is going to be yeah. I mean, hey, great. when they make these decisions. Like, is is this something being said in hate or anger to perpetuate hate or um, you know right. toxicity? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, some yeah. people just react, you know, for a moment, and they don't say, like, oh, get this guy, but they might yeah, say, like, like, oh, what, fuck off One of the examples that I saw, you know, but... right, was, um, like, uh, for those of you who are familiar, uh, Dr. Disrespect is a really big uh, streamer on Twitch. He recently came back, and um, there was some drama on Twitter this week where uh, somebody posted a video of him where it was a clip from one of his streams, and he was yelling, um, China number one in a game of PUBG, right? And he was, like, making fun of the people who come on the server and yell racist shit, you know, like, a, a pretending to be Chinese or whatever. And he was mimicking them, and people were like, oh, look, he's a racist. And it's like, if you go a few minutes earlier in the stream, you can see that someone did that to him, and he's just like, oh, oh yeah, you're so fucking funny. And so, like, that's kind of what they're talking about, is, like, we're not saying, oh, you can't say anything offensive and you got to worry about this. It's like, specifically, if you're trying to spew hate, we're not tolerating that shit at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I, I... Yeah. And that and those kinds of things, the context is the only thing. So, I, 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 think, you know? I think this is a, guy, a smart yeah. move and one that doesn't seem um, like an overstep or even like that it's going to be super restrictive. It seems like it's going to serve exactly the purpose it's intended to serve. So, good on them. Good on Twitch. Good job, Twitch. Uh, so in my favorite piece of news this week, we got a new trailer for a game I've been waiting for since I was a prepubescent boy. Kingdom Hearts 3. Shawnee. Yes. Shawnee. <laughs> it's looking good. I I, I am so excited for this game. Uh, to not come out. <laughs> I can't wait the next five years for it to not come out again. Years. It says 2018, but until I see that release date, until there's a pre-order available, until I know what the bonuses are going to be, you could... until like until I have it in my PlayStation. <laughs> Sean, you yeah. can walk into GameStop right it. now, and I guarantee you they will let you give them $5 to hold a copy of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> you can certainly pre-order it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pre-order for StarCraft 2 for six years, um, so I don't know if pre-orders even count is, anymore. Uh, <laughs> release date yeah. at E3? Seems to make sense. I've heard that. Yeah, and I, I've heard that from um, a couple Kingdom Hearts, you know, like, insiders, yeah. as it were. Uh, yeah, a friend of the show, uh, Logan Toomey, who works for KH23, I think is the website. Um, I, I know he's he's got some uh, sources that have led him to believe that as well. So That would make sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I've, you're, if it's coming out anytime soon, that would be the time to say when this game comes out, right? Would be Would be E3. Would it um, soften the blow of a delay to 2019 if they gave you like a firm 2019 release date? Yeah, I would. I would not care. Like I, you know, I, I guess I said I've been waiting for this game since I was literally 12 years old. Not a joke. Um, I'm now 25. So, but I'm I'm strongly of the opinion that if the game is good, any delay, any amount of delays is fine. Like, yeah, I want it to come out in 2018, but like. 
if it does come out in 2018, it's not coming out until the end of the year, and I'm going to be playing Red Dead. So it's like, I don't need Kingdom Hearts in 2018 if they tell me, hey, March 3rd, 29th, it's out, it's coming. It's like, okay, fine. Will Red good. Dead let you weaponize the teacup ride, though? That remains to be seen. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that in the leaks. Um, but yeah, to get to the specific so, trailer, what did you think, Sean? Oh, I thought it was amazing, man. Uh, there's something very special and cool about what you can do in, in Kingdom Hearts and the kind of characters who you can team up with that just no other game can do this. Like, the fact that you can play as Sora and Goofy and Donald and Woody and Buzz is just, you can, it doesn't get better so than good. that. And in this, I mean, I'll, I'll be playing it with, you know, the character speaking English, but in this trailer, hearing Woody speaking Japanese <laughs> is like Woody's Japanese voice. It's the is best so thing ever. I never, too. <laughs> it's so deep. I, Woody, I, I like never this. thought I would hear that ever in my life. Like it's 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 amazing. Uh, the gameplay looks really really yeah. really good too. Uh, so much better than either of the other mainline. Yeah, I mean, uh, 2 titles. is still one of my favorite and fight systems of any game. Yeah, and I yeah. think this looks better than that. I think this looks this looks like it's going to be amazing. And I'm glad that, well, I'm glad they took the time they <laughs> needed to get it right. I don't know that they needed 13 <laughs> years or whatever, but, y- y- you the know. The six years they've actually been uh, developing I'm, the game. <laughs> Right. Uh, so, no, I mean, it looks great. I'm excited to see more. Um, I'm holding out hope for an Incredibles world because I think that that would be amazing as well. But uh, just based on what we saw here, this game is going to be incredible. I, I really... Pun intended? I, I really hope so. That. <laughs> Pun not intended. But, <laughs> hey, it works. Hey. Uh, yeah, and... um. So the, the the new bits that we got this time around were, you know, we we got the confirmation of Monsters, Inc., which had been leaked a while back, but actually getting to see it was so cool. Catboy Sora. Getting to see them. Yeah, they're, like, furry, like, monster versions, like, was great. And, like, just that first, we see, like, the first meeting of of Mike and Sully and Boo with, with you know, the boys, as it were. And uh, I, it was just super cute, you know, like... That that was really yeah. adorable, and I love that movie. I fucking love Pixar, but Monsters Inc. is like one of my top favorites. So I I'm so excited that we're getting not only one but two Pixar worlds. That's so. What cool. if we just get it like the whole of Kingdom Hearts three is like a Pixar side dimension? Dude, I mean, I would like, be okay with that. We know it's not because yeah. like we have seen other stuff already. Oops. But like, I would be fine if it was predominantly. Oh, Big Hero Six is in it too, right? That's not Pixar though. Oh, okay, yeah, That's you're right, just you're right. Like it just Disney's like Disney's CGI studio. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, um, yeah, Big Hero 6. But yeah, I mean... The downside of a Pixar universe would be that, like, you'd have to get a Cars level. Ugh. I mean, you wouldn't You wouldn't have to. No. You could do Planes, Fire, and Rescue. <laughs> oh, it's okay. voice by Dane Cook. Yeah. Get rid of say, do you get Dane Cook to reprise the yeah. role, though? That's the real question. If you don't, you're um, not doing it. But yeah, it. so then some of the other new stuff we saw was we saw new gameplay uh, for Toy Story's world. We saw some more stuff from the Tangled story. Um, we also saw some new specials, like this crazy hammer ability. Like Andy said, there's like a teacup 
power and like all this crazy stuff. They showed off some of the new like event-based boss fights it looked like where there was like a bottle rocket thing where like Sora and Woody and Buzz are like fucking flying around this boss and it just looks so goddamn fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to get my hands on this game. Um, and then I think probably the most important thing, if you're a big old Kingdom Hearts fan, like me and Sean, is getting the tease of the fucking theme song, of the brand new fucking Hikaru Utada joint. Simple and clean? It's called Don't Think Twice, and it got me It got me a little emotional, you guys. I got a little misty. I love it. I'm so excited. Can't wait for it to be in English. Wait, you're not talking about the, the important uh, reveal that, like... The Kingdom Hearts mythology also continues on, and people are talking about. Of course, it the does. Organization. It's never stopped. It's never gone away. I, the only ones who don't understand it are you, casuals. The only ones who don't understand <laughs> it are everyone. <laughs> Whatever. You can't like Metal Gear Solid and then complain about Kingdom Hearts story. Okay, they're literally equally convoluted. But like, I love Metal Gear Solid and still complain about its story. <laughs> Listen, I yeah. as a Kingdom Hearts fan. You have to accept <laughs> that you, you can't complain about the problems with the series because there's a ton of them. You need to just be happy for the little, little tiny nuggets that you're awarded. I, so. So this game has Pavlonian, you know, conditioned you in just the worst ways. You shouldn't get three, man. It sounds like it's ruined your life. You've been waiting for it for 13 years. You only get tiny nuggets of happiness, and you just sit there longing for the great experience you're never going to have. I mean, it, it's terrible. No, I'm sorry. dude. I mean, it's not, though, because, like, these little droplets, it's like, it's like, um, I, I remember I read this, I read this story like years ago about this guy who was on a raft, like he, he was shipwrecked, right? And he was on a raft for like months before he finally got found. And he was so desperate for protein that he said the most delicious thing he had ever eaten in his life was fish's eyeballs. Was was just and it was like the most it was the most delicious thing he'd ever tasted. So it's the strife, the weight, the pain that I've endured is what makes this trailer so has, rewarding. Has made the most delicious thing you've ever played. But like the organization. Yeah, it's the most delicious thing Roxas? I've ever. Played. But by that logic, Duke Nukem Forever should have been the best game. <laughs> no, because of it was all a time. bad game. Because it problem. was like this is going to be a good game. It just emotionally <laughs> oh beats God. me into submission. Kingdom Hearts has got you twisted up in the head, man. You gotta be careful. Do you think that it will, like, feature appearances by, like, Noctis and the boy band from FF15? It better. I don't... I don't think so, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Do the thing the first Kingdom Hearts game does, where it, like, expects you're gonna be way more into the random Final Fantasy characters than the Disney characters? Because that's my... That's my favorite thing about the first Kingdom Hearts game, is it's just, like, casual about dropping you into these iconic Disney worlds, and, like, it's a build-up to meet him fucking Squall. Yeah, because that's your fucking squad, dude. Squall, (laughs) Tifa. I thought that was awesome. When you... Yeah, like, yeah. When you meet them and everything, and you do the... The Coliseum, and you fight uh, Cloud, and and, and, all uh, that. and Orin too. Or you don't fight him, but he shows yeah. up. Yeah, like, like I don't think it's bad. Was... I and, think in Kingdom Hearts two, he's a party member for the the Hell oh, level cool. too. That's I think dope. it's just kind of silly that like it's so casual about all the Disney, and then you get these like slow tease, like pan up Squall's legs, and you see his pants, and it expects you to be like, oh shit, that's Squall's pants, <laughs> dude. But I was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Also, they're not, like, casual about the Disney things. They're just insular. Every Disney world is just its own world, you know? Whereas, uh, you know, 
the the Final Fantasy squad and and you and your group, you get to go all over the multiverse. Because you understand the power of hearts, okay? All right, so that's enough about that. Kingdom I don't like Hearts where 3, this is going. It's going to be an undeniable classic. Sean and I are going to love it. We'll talk to you about it next time they give us a goddamn trailer. So, moving right along, it's time to rejoice, Nintendo fans, because your My Nintendo points are finally going to be worth something actually good. So, starting in early March, players will be able to redeem the service's gold points for digital software pur- purchases. So if you're unaware, my Nintendo members earn gold points by buying games on any Nintendo platforms. Well, right now it's Switch, 3DS, and Wii U. So if you buy any game on those, you'll earn uh, like gold coins that go to your my Nintendo account. And um, my Game Boy Advance doesn't count. No. Jesus Christ, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, so this is something that like Nintendo's kind of always done. They had a point system back in the 3DS, Wii U days that was great, and you could get all kinds of cool collectibles or like games. And um, they ended up kind of sunsetting that for my Nintendo, which has really not been usable for anything right now. Like, you can use it in some of their mobile games to, like, get resources and stuff like that, but you can get, like, swag. So now, um, buying any qualifying game on any Nintendo, on any active Nintendo platform, will earn you gold points worth 5% of the physical amount you paid, uh, not including discounts or points used. Um, So that amounts to about like two, $2.5 for you know any full-priced game that you would buy. Uh, and then physical games are only going to net you a 1% return, which is, I thought, really interesting, that it seems like they're really um, trying to incentivize you to buy digitally. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, is cool. It just seems like a weird move, like for Nintendo specifically. I mean, it cuts out the middleman, right? Like Nintendo's eShop, you buy a game at 60 bucks from Nintendo versus you buy a game at 60 bucks from GameStop. Yeah, and, and I, I get that. I guess it's just for the same reason that we've never seen digital prices get a significant discount because you don't want to cut out the middleman because you need them to sell your console. I'm surprised to see them do this, but it is like a more kind of like covert inside baseball thing. So like I don't know that like the GameStops out there are going to necessarily care about this, you know? Um, so it's, it seems like a smart way to, to kind of incentivize you to make that change. Um, and then you'll be able to redeem the points for discounts on your next eligible purchase, including, you know, games or DLC for Switch, 3DS, or Wii U. So, pretty cool. You know, obviously it's not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be getting a ton of free games unless you're buying a lot of Nintendo games, but, um, they don't have to give you anything. So, you know, any, any little discount you can get here and there, especially when you think about the fact that there are so many indie games on the Switch that are great and regularly retail when they're on sale for under ten dollars <clears throat> golf story you know if you buy t- sorry i'm right. stuck in my throat it's true but it's, you know if you got golf story on sale you could theoretically pay for it if you buy you know two or three nintendo games in a year pretty cool so wait did did you get these points beforehand before this uh yes. program and so, like if you're sitting on a ton of uh, points you can just so use the way them. that they work is they fizzle 12 months after you get them. So any of the ones you got in March when the service launches won't okay. work. So like you buying like your Zelda copy won't have gotten you any, but yeah, like yeah. Odyssey, Mario, right, anything yeah, everything else you I own wouldn't since at this then. Point. Yeah, you didn't get yours in March. So all of your points should be good. I, I should miss out on you your know, points will be good till the end of maybe. March, Pete. Oh, it's oh okay. Yeah. So you actually could redeem your whole first year of coins. That's yeah, great. they like awesome. I think it 
only works cool. for March because like they're launching it slightly after a year of the Switch launch. So like if you bought a Switch and one two Switch and Zelda at launch, like they don't want you to feel jobbed for being an early adopter. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's a smart move. Yeah, I got three games on launch, so I cool. It would be nice to have something. Yeah, so I mean, I think all the Switch games I've bought, I think I'm looking at like maybe fifteen bucks, ten fifteen bucks. So Not bad. Yeah, I'll take it. Not bad. Um, and I signed up for my Nintendo Day One, so I should I should be good. Um, did spend a couple of those coins in in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, but you know, rip. Dead to the microtransactions, Pete and Bessie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm glad Nintendo is doing this. I hope that they'll get some more robust offerings in the future. I always really liked the kind of tchotchke stuff you could get, like um, 3DS cases, posters. There was, like, a really cool you know, game t-shirts. t-shirt you could get back in the day. Yep. You could yeah, only get it. through that, and now you can sell it on eBay for, like, 100 bucks. Yep, you sure can. Um, and I probably will. <laughs> so, um, Pete hates the 3DS. yeah, so keep your eyes, keep your eyes peeled, man. Next week you're gonna, or not next week, sorry, next month, you'll be able to go turn all those coins in. So get your free games, go pick up, uh, Golf Story or Xenoblade Celeste. 2. Nah, 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 get an indie game. Get Celeste. Get Celeste. That's my, that's my recommendation. I would recommend Golf Story if you haven't played it. Um, just cause like Celeste has a little bit more buzz. Yeah, but Celeste is like it's the hot thing right now. You should play. It, it is the hot thing right now, but Golf Story is the great thing that flew under the radar unless you listen to me like not shut up about it for <laughs> 6 months. Yeah, a lot of people liked it. Wasn't was not quite the Celeste hit level hit, but yeah, Golf Story was a good time. Uh, maybe the most charming game I've ever played. It was good. Very cute. All right, so now we're going to jump into the rumor mill. Uh, so after the success of the Insane Trilogy, it seems like more Crash Bandicoot is on the way. So thanks to some of the folks over at Reset Era, fans have learned that the spring edition of the licensing trade publication Licensing Sourcebook Europe seems to have revealed Activision's plans for the Bandicoot. So for starters, it seems like a port of the game is on the way to both the Switch and PC sometime in 2018. Weird that Xbox is not on that list. Um, it leads me to believe that maybe this was like a, a kind of like comment made in passing like I, I would be really surprised if it's not coming to switch unless sony made some kind of or um not switch xbox unless sony made some kind of stipulation there but i don't know so we'll see about that one but um that's cool i feel like that game obviously will be right at home on on pc and i think it's a perfect match for switch so uh yeah that's that's great news uh, and then the other big thing is that licensor GBI, which is a UK UK company that sells licensed merchandise, says that Activision also has plans for another Crash Bandicoot on the way in 2019, which is allegedly part of a, a greater five-year plan that they have uh, thanks to the renewed interest in the character. They have five-year plans yeah. over there. That's yeah. pretty cool. So um, if you're a fan <laughs> of Crash Bandicoot, if you're a fan of the Ensign Trilogy, it seems like we're going to get more. Um, hopefully it's good. That's all I have to say about that. I love Crash Bandicoot. Love the Insane Trilogy. Uh, I think Vicarious Visions did a great job with it. Um, if they want to come back and make a new Crash game, I'm down for that. If it's Activision just starting to fart out Crash games again like they did before they killed the franchise off, I'm not about that. So um, I hope that they realize they have something here, that if they put the time into it with the right team behind it, that they could actually make a good game and sell it, and then that will be better for them in the long run than trying to 
fart out a couple more 40 or $60 games and see if they can cash in. They don't get a penny of my money until I get an HD port of Crash Team Racing. I would pay literally dozens of dollars for that. <laughs> I will kickstart a $100 version of that. Hey, check it out. Oh, shit. My man. Oh. Sean's pulling out the Crash Insane yeah. Trilogy on the nice. camera for can you audio you, viewers. Can you see the plastic wrap on it? And, is that uh, what I'm spying there? I mean, it is. It is. It, is uh, it, it came with some sweet socks that I won't wear. Was oh, that like the collector's edition um, or something? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Whoops. Sean has That's the collector's edition, collector's edition across the room for you audio listeners. Sean intentionally dropped it in the trash. No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> That's what I feel about new Crash games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Crash. Uh, I'm very excited to play this, finally. I've had it for quite a while. Um, but uh, new Crash sounds awesome. I've been waiting... For them to put new Crash out for many, many, many years. So if they finally do it, that would be really cool. Because I never understood why Crash went away to begin with. I think it was just because they handled the brand poorly. Like, Crash was so hot during the OG, like, Naughty Dog trilogy. And then Activision got it. And, you know, the PS2 ones, like, they made one or two that were not good but were, like, passable. And then it was kind of just, like, a very Sonic the Hedgehog-like descent into just shit. also suffered from the like the problem that like forced Sonic to transition into mid 2000 Sonic where it was very late 90s and had that sort of specific late 90s edge and when that wasn't cool anymore like didn't know how to transition out yeah and I feel like Crash is is it's perfect time for him to come back now because there's a nostalgia for that period of time right you yeah know, like it's like it's a perfect time for him to have a renaissance. That flies again now, but like ten years ago, it was not cool. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. You know, see how this one goes. Cautiously optimistic. Uh, so you may want to take this one with a grain of salt, but TrustedReviews.com has what appears to be a legitimate leak around Red Dead Redemption 2 that shows off some screenshots along with a number of details about gameplay, online multiplayer, and story. Uh, so this this is a fucking huge leak. Uh, like, so, I, I it, it straight up does, like, it would be a whole episode if we wanted to really dig through, like, every single bit of this, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take you guys through the what I believe are the biggest highlights Uh, If you want to check out the full piece written by Mr. Jordan King, it's in the description down below along with the rest of our sources uh, and and news stories. So you can go and read all the nitty gritty about all of the new fishing mechanics, but I'm not going to talk about that. Wait, Pete, you love fishing mechanics. That's the best part. Fishing in video games is bullshit. Okay? All right. Spent $60 on Monster Hunter World. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'll, 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 I'm going to consider this one required reading. So go check it out. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll give you the the big the big tent pole stuff so we can all we can all chat about it. So uh, Jordan explains that they actually received these documents all the way back in August, but uh, have chosen not to reveal them until now because they were unsubstantiated. But since a lot of the design notes have been proven true in promotional material for the game, uh, such as the inclusion of the main protagonist, Arthur Morgan, and the leader of the original um, you know, game's protagonist, John Marston's gang, Dutch Vanderlind, uh, kind of gave them the confidence to say, okay, this seems legit. So with that, they finally put this out 
it is worth considering that these design documents are from over a year before the game is going to come out. So there's always the chance that some of this is not true, that some of this has been changed, um, whatever, right? So, uh, but I, I would say the vast majority of it, to me, seems plausible enough that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm inclined to believe them. So let's, let's jump into it. So the biggest news is definitely centered on the game's online portion, which will reportedly feature a uh, battle royale mode, uh, a mode called Revive and Survive, which is basically like a firefight, but you can revive your teammates in a limited amount of time, and then money grab modes, which is basically, you know, like a, a heist kind of thing. You're like fighting for money and taking it, running away, all that kind of thing. It's a capture the flag, basically. Um, so those are going to be the three main modes at launch. Much like GTA Online, players are going to be able to explore the game's open world, uh, open world, which will apparently be a lot more in-depth than GTA Online. Um, they've made efforts to make it feel like more alive, it seems. Uh, NPCs are going to be able to like decorate their storefronts. They pack up their shops when it gets to be nighttime and bring a bunch of stuff inside, and you actually like, see them do that stuff. Um, players can receive rewards for completing missions, obviously, but then there's also going to be random tasks that you can, like, pull off, like, ride a horse for a hundred miles straight or some shit like that, or you can do, like, little random kind of achieve achievements that will reward you in the open world. Uh, apartments from GTA are going to be replaced with something called tents, which are, you know, basically the same deal, players owning a, a plot of land that they can upgrade and kind of, um, you know, pimp out with uh with a variety of like themes and different you know cosmetic items or whatever <clears throat> uh and then there's also going to be some new vehicles added to the game like mine carts hand carts and then trains which can be ridden across the open world um but they're fully explorable so you can i don't know if that means that there's no fast travel or whatever but like you can get on a train and like walk around and talk to npcs on the train maybe get new missions like the trains are going to be kind of treated as like their own sector of the game what they mean is you get to ride a horse along the That'd side of awesome. it and rob it. Like, if you could do I that mean, and jump on and that's stick what people you up, do. Like, I'd be all about that. That would be really cool. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. You told me there's trains that's fully explorable and I got horses, so I know what I'm doing. Or we're taking a minecart and we're going to chase the train and we're going to catch up to it. Explodable. I really want to blow up a bridge as the train is, like, barreling towards it. <laughs> Get- yes. I'd love to be an old school dynamite man. That'd be great. Um, so then we also learned that both multiplayer and uh, and the story mode will be playable in first person. Uh, Deadeye mode is going to make a return with enhanced abilities like tracking uh, bounties through fields and detecting which fish and animals are nearby. And um, the, the site didn't want to spoil any story details, but they did say, uh, and this is a direct quote, specific player actions during campaign missions will lead to events unfolding differently depending on which characters you interact with. This could lead to different mission outcomes, objectives, and dialogue depending on how you behave morally in each playthrough. And then the document states that if enemies are injured Ooh. in a certain way or taken off horseback, you can uh, trigger contextual dialogue events where you, like, force them to offer you information or, like, give you money in, in exchange for not killing them. Dead eyes shoot everyone in the nuts. That way, they're all on the ground, and then you could always get the dialogue. Hey, Thompson, so dead eye is fish vision now. Okay, it lets you see where the fish are, so you can fish better. Old fish eye. Hey, if if you don't want to use it, you can still shoot everyone in the nuts and maybe miss. But so, what do you guys think about these announcements? I I have never played. Ooh, uh, you're missing out. Redemption, and in fact, it's. It's still boxed. It's still still plastic wrap prints. Um, 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> but this description makes it sound like the best game ever. And if it actually has all these features, I will almost certainly buy it and unwrap it. Oh, damn. That's a big, big vote of confidence yeah, like, from Sean. Sean <laughs> buying any given game is, like, taken for granted. But Sean unwrapping the game. That's when you know it's serious. I mean... Hey, man, I got I got Horizon Sean, right here. Sean, you told me you would play it! You promised! I mean, Sean, that's not Persona 5. Well, yeah, I, yeah. Like, my life's not over. I can <laughs> still play the game. My life's not over. <laughs> <laughs> it like, will be when Red Dead 2 comes out, though, and that's all you ever want to play. Yeah, I mean, I think this sounds Sean great. Sean Lee's I, I Lao starts, like, being the leader of a Red Dead 2 online gang. Yo. Or a Sea of Thieves online gang. <laughs> or not. Yo, Sean, you can be, the Sean, you can be, you can be our... Uh, no. Crap, what's his name? It's Vanderlyn. Dutch, you can be our Dutch. You can be our leader. We'll go, go roll in, on, in uh, Red Dead. No, yeah, in Sea of Thieves. around with a posse. Oh. You know, it's, take... Uh, Thompson's a world-class hurdy-gurdy um, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this sounds great. I think, um, you know, Red Dead Redemption is one of my all-time favorite games. So I was hyped for this no matter what. In terms of the story, like having a branching narrative and stuff like that that's based on your morality, I think is excellent because that was a huge part of Red Dead. But it didn't really apply to the story in many ways, like other than like how he talked, you know? Um, so that, like having a morality system in a game is a huge thing for me. Um, it incentivizes multiple playthroughs for one thing, but it also gives you more of a sense of ownership over the story in my mind. So... Um, that sounds great. I, I'm really excited to see how that uh, comes to fruition. Uh, in terms of like the online stuff, sounds great, man. I mean, GTA Online was not my thing. It was not very good when it came out, and by the time it was developed, I had moved on other things, and like I'm not as interested in the locale of of GTA. You know, um, modern setting where you're a crook with guns and stuff is like fairly you know common, whereas like. There are no other Western games besides the Red Dead series. Hey, there was um, Gun for the PS2. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> the idea of, like, an open, concurrent, like, lived-in uh, Western world is way, way more appealing to me. And, like, the level of depth that it sounds like they're looking for here uh, just sounds fucking awesome. So, like, if I could... If there's a world, you know, this October where... I'm playing Red Dead for a couple hours, and then, oh, look, some of my friends jumped on. Let's go play Red Dead Online and, like, play some Battle Royale, like, instead of PUBG or something. Like, that sounds cool. Like, I would be all about that. Yeah, Battle Royale in Red Dead sounds like PUBG, but, like, a good game. But not broken. Yeah, yeah like... Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit terrified by the idea of Rockstar game and encourages multiple playthroughs. Fair. I think GTA 5 I mean, did. I mean, GTA 5 having, had an know. objectively best ending and then two really stupid ones that nobody picked. But I played the game three times to pick them, so, yeah. you know. I, I didn't play through it three times, but I did play through the endings three times. Yeah, it's like so. I saved before the ending, did all of them, and it's like, why would anyone pick the one that isn't, fuck it, we're a team? Yeah, it's like the most GTA thing ever. It's no. like, fuck it, let's just kill everybody. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, for Red Dead, like... No, yeah, just kill Trevor. An animal and needs I don't to be put down. But. Yeah, it's true. Um, I I don't personally feel like I don't feel like I'll actually play the game twice. But I like 
I like this as a thing in games. Like, I like having the feeling of, like, oh, like, I'm making decisions and impacting the narrative. You know, like, that's, that's a huge agency. thing for me. Yeah, giving that player agency. So I'm excited for that even if I don't play it multiple times. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, and then we'll jump online and we'll rob trains. Right. Oh, yeah, speaking of about things it. like that, can't believe you forgot this in the news this week. Um, game that you're excited for for this very reason, Don't Nod's Vampire got a release date. Uh, oh, yeah. got a release yep. date? I didn't see that. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Win! Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I'll send the link right now. That's great. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's fantastic. I can't yeah. wait to, to play that goddamn game. We've nothing um, new about it. But yeah, it I don't know. Any... any yeah. Any other thoughts about any of this stuff before we move on? You know. Yeah. Yes. I. I never knew how bad I want to ride a train. <laughs> then I when I realized right now when when we read that story that like I just want to get on a train, and be just kind of just be <laughs> on it and talk to people, and then get off at my stop. I really want to do that in a video game. Because it's cool, man. Like, that's the thing is, like, to me, that is injecting a little bit of that, like, slice of life kind of game. You know, like a game like something like Animal Crossing or Harvest Moon that is about, like, mundane things. Like, having mundane moments in games that are not about that is really good, I think. Like, I think it, like, it gives you, it makes the world feel real. It makes it feel lived in that like not every moment is high octane action that like you could go and sit on a train and just like overhear someone's conversation and like little things like that. Like I love environmental right. storytelling. Like and that. then when you get bored, you whip out your gun and shoot them because it's have, a rock star game. <laughs> I have no interest in slice of life games, but I will always drive properly in GTA. So, you know, like give yeah. me that option. Yeah, and I'll I, take I honestly it. I feel like things like that go a long way. To making a game feel like more developed, you know, um, to me, like in the original Red Dead, it was poker, right? That you could any bar you go to, any saloon, there's dudes playing poker, and you can play oh poker. God. You can get in a bar fight, like shit, like that. Like I like uh, this has nothing to do with the story. It's just this little side thing, but it gives you that depth. It gives you that feeling of like, fuck, this feels like such a well realized world, you know. And like Rockstar does that better than anybody for my money. You know how many things you can do in GTA Five that yeah. I have no interest in doing? It's fucking yoga. I've done them all. You do yoga. <laughs> Why? Why not? I did it. Like, exactly. Um, That's the cool thing. Like, <laughs> I love Pete, it. Uh, my my favorite thing about the poker from Red Dead One was that I made it a task to find every bar that played poker and shoot every man at every table. <laughs> and I did it. So I've killed every poker Dude player in the first Thompson. game. No man plays poker in 1995 because it died in the no. old way. <laughs> wiped out poker. I mean, I, okay, so like I don't know how to play poker. So when I got that game and I like I just did poker like at the end of the story because I was like, oh god, okay, I didn't even realize I could do this. I lost like one match, the first match I did, and I was like, fuck this guy. So I shot everyone in the table, and then I was like, all right, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna kill everybody before I beat the game. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, poker was fun. Speaking of poker, I actually forgot to mention this, but the game's also going to launch with a companion app for Red Dead 2, and one of the things involved is going to be a poker minigame, some kind of poker minigame. i got to learn how to play poker. So, I don't yeah. know how to do this I'm shit. a little torn on the idea of a Red Dead 2 companion app, just because, like, that made a lot of sense for GTA, where, like, so much of that game is based around, like, you have a smartphone. Yeah. 
Whereas, like, where, with a Western. Whereas, Fallout. like, John Marston also has a smartphone? Yeah, I, I don't know that it'll be in-game, though. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be more, like, um... No, he, he's he got a Native American spiritual advisor, which happens to communicate to you through a technological device. You see, Andy, he has a magic stone tablet that just happens to look exactly like an iPad. Oh, he's got... He's got There's five iPad. commandments on it. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, lo- I love Link's iPad. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it uh, it worked. It worked. Uh, it worked better than I thought it would. Uh, but yeah, so I think I think this is probably going to be more akin to like the Splatoon companion app, where like it's just a thing where you can like track what you've been doing in the game and keep up with like, oh, here's the new mission for today, or we put it out put out a new mode, or there's new items available, or and like probably for you to like, oh, hey, I'm out and about, but I can play poker and still earn money for my Red Dead character. Okay. You know, I, I feel like that's probably going to be how they implement it, if I had to guess. Which, um, I don't necessarily see myself using something like that, but for people who do get, like, really deeply invested in uh, in GTA or Red Dead Online or games like it, I could see it being... being hey, man, viable. if I can use it to, like, set up, you know, a train robbery via Pony Express with my boys... Yeah, right? See, you're sitting there, the three of your friends are off, and you send out on the companion app, and then, like, a little carrier pigeon shows up on the app, and it's like, huh, like, and you, you swipe right, and it opens up the little letter on his foot, and it says, like, we're robbing a train. <laughs> oh, shit, I gotta go. And it's just, like, run off. So, you get it in telegram form. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Something like that, like, you know, something interactive, like, you know, old school communication, yeah. you know? Or, like, Morse code, and it hands you, like, a piece of paper, you gotta, Train like, has money. I think that's a good shit. idea, though. We must take. Like, stop. <laughs> I do feel like that would be a good idea of, like, being able to set up games on the phone and then, like, your friends get an alert of, like, hey, like, Andy's online and wants to play. Like, go jump on. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I think that'd be neat. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this. Red Dead is absolutely my most anticipated game of 2018, and all of this sounds like great news. So, um, I, I think we're all excited for it, right? So. Yeah. 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 Can't wait. Uh, maybe we'll do some, uh, we'll, we'll, I, I would love if we all got into Red Dead Online. That would be sick. If it's, like, if it's on really PC, I'm doing it do. regardless. It's not, it's not going to release on PC at launch though. It might. You're going to have to wait like two years for fucking the. And then you have to wait two more years for them to make it work on the PC. Right. So, yeah. Just Andy, I would agree with you on PC games all the time, but not this well, one, man. games are better. <laughs> so, not this one, moving man. right along. In our final story of the day, Eurogamer is reporting that Metroid Prime 4 is being made by none other than Bandai Namco. Ooh. So, multiple sources have confirmed that the game is being made by uh, Bando Nam- Bandai Bando Namco. Namco. <laughs> I do that, like, literally probably 50% of the time. Like, even when I write it's out like... their name, when I was doing the notes for today's show, I kept writing Bandai, uh, Bando Namco. I'm just like, God damn it. It sounds like an anime. I'd it watch does. It. Like, it's because it sounds like that would be real, like Bando Namkai. It's like that sounds like a thing. Like yeah, Bando Namkai <laughs> and the Four Swords of Power. Um, but yeah, so so Bandai Namco um, Studio Singapore is leading the development of the game alongside Nintendo, and uh, apparently Bandai Namco's Japan studio is assisting with the game in development and is planned to take over lead development uh, shortly, while Singapore moves on to their next Switch game. Hmm. Uh, so this this is certainly unexpected at least for me, but I think the pairing makes quite a bit of sense when you consider how well Bandai and Nam- uh, Bandai Namco and Nintendo have been working together since the Wii U era. Um, they, you know, assisted on Smash 4, they developed Pocket as a Wii U exclusive, or I guess Slash Arcade, but, like, at a time when the Wii U was really struggling. Um, and I'm sure, you know, they could have 
you know, made something multi-platform that would have sold better. Um, so seeing them continue this partnership is not necessarily surprising, but um, in this way is kind of not what I expected. But uh, I think this is probably good. You know, Ban- Bando Bando Namkai. God damn Bando it, Bando Namkai. Uh, they're 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 a strong studio. I think. I think mean, they they don't always hit the mark, but when they do, um, they nail it. And I think the work they've been doing with Nintendo has been really good. And uh, yeah, I mean, this sounds sounds like a sounds like a good pick. So, if I'm reading this right, then th- this studio, uh, some of the people who worked there worked on Star Wars 13. Yes, 13. yeah, they were, uh, there are some former Lucas uh, employees there. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool, because Star Wars 1313 13 looked promising. Um, <clears throat> other than that, though, I mean, I, I can't think of anything specifically that they worked on that I'm familiar with, obviously Smash 4, but outside of that, I'm just, I'm blanking, I guess. I can't think of Do you mean name. Singapore specifically, or like Bandai Namco in general? Ba- I mean, uh, Pac-Man, you know, uh, Galaga, like, they, they're one of the, like, Namco specifically anyway, was like one of the old blood that's been around for forever. Sure. I like, guess recent I'm, stuff. I'm talking about, uh, like, The Digimon yeah, World yeah. games, like, they had that recent string of the last couple have been real good. People liked them. Ooh. Those are Bandai Namco joints. Um, Tekken. They did the uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 2 game. And then and Tekken is them, too, right? Right, yeah. Uh, oh, they did a couple of my Gundam games. Nice. <laughs> I think Tekken is them, yeah. Okay, all right. So so they've got they've got chops. Soul Calibur 5. Oh, right. Soul Calibur is another one of their games. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah, they've got chops. That's the right way to put it. And um, like I said, they've done they've done good job with Nintendo stuff so far. So um, actually, it looks like they do all my Gundam games. Holy shit! Oh wait, I can't believe I just said don't they do Tekken? They did Pokken. Of course they do Tekken. Um, yeah. So and they did Fighter Z also. No, that's not them. Yeah, that's what it they says. Might have did they publish it? it? Yeah. Ar- Ar- okay. Developed. Yeah, they didn't. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was Arc Systems. But yeah, so Bandai Namco is definitely a proven quantity. So I think seeing like, okay, let's get some top tier talent on Metroid, good. That's what I want to hear. And the point you made, right? Like Metroid Prime is uh, a first person game, more focused on story, had dialogue and stuff like that. So I feel like them uh, having people from Lucas that have that that pedigree of of you know, hey, we were making on this, we were making this seemingly very promising single-player Star Wars game. Um, great. Yeah, hopefully they can deliver that for for Metroid. Because I think Metroid really needs its Breath of the Wild. You know, people look at Metroid as, like, a, a pillar of Nintendo or as, like, one of, you know, the, like, kind of great classic IPs like that, and it's just not. Like, it doesn't sell that way, and it never has. Uh, Prime is really the only one that's ever sold significantly, and it sold well by like GameCube standards, not like by video game standards. So, uh, this is the perfect time, I think, for for a real um, big step forward for Metroid. Everybody is pro Nintendo right now. People love the Switch. People have fond memories of Prime. I feel like if they come out and it's like a Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey level of huge, amazing quality, um, you know, pushes the, the the series forward in a meaningful way innovates in in some meaningful ways i i really think they could have a a hit on their hands here it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't a hit on the level of those other games 
the reality is that even though the Prime games are really, really, really good, people don't pay attention to Metroid in the same way. But it's a respected yeah. brand, and that's what matters. So I think they'll... Like, of all the announced games that I can think of right now, I'm probably more excited about this than It's definitely else. the biggest Nintendo Just game because on, on the docket in the future. In in terms of franchises, the, the three Prime games never did me wrong. I've never played a Metroid game it, I didn't like. I, and I didn't play other apps, right. so that is uh, To be fair, Andy just mouthed uh, Fire Emblem, which I forgot there is one coming in 2018, allegedly. So allegedly. That's, that's fair. It's, that's fair. It's, it's, but we, but we right. get those all the time. Metroid there was Prime, hype around like, Metroid Prime in a way where it's like, oh, there's another Fire Emblem? Yeah, of course there is. Whereas, like, Metroid Prime 4 is a big deal, you know? Um, so we'll see. I, I think you're probably right, Sean. I don't think that it'll sell as well as Mario or Zelda. But I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for it to sell as well. I think this is the chance for that, for this series. Like, we're in a perfect storm of Nintendo being on top and there being renewed interest in their franchises. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Metroid Prime 4 be similar to Persona 5 or Monster Hunter World. Where maybe this is the game where you're like, I've never played Metroid, but I know Metroid, I've heard of Metroid, I know Samus from Smash Brothers, I know that Metroid is a, is a storied franchise, is a, you know, a, a big deal, maybe this is my chance to jump on. I will make this statement. If Metroid Prime 4 releases before the announcement of Smash, I will still buy Whoa, it. Alright! <laughs> That's how much I love the Metroid Prime series and how ready, wow. ready I am um, for this game. There are two games now. Two? <laughs> I You heard it, Reggie. I love Metroid, um, <laughs> and I really hope Metroid Prime 4 is good. I, I do think that Metroid's in a weird place for Nintendo where it's been, like, I think five generations since the best... Not five, but, like, it's four generations on now from where the best Metroid game for my money was released. Which Super is? Metroid. Okay. Which is one of my favorite games of all time. It's so goddamn good. Um, and, like, the Prime series isn't bad. It's just different in a way that I'm not not crazy about. But, like, I don't know. Metroid is You'd rather Super have it be Metroid a Metroid. Yeah. Yeah. You'd rather be the 2D... Yeah. You know, Metroidvania-style game. Yep. And, like, Metroid Prime is a great series. And I hope Metroid Prime 4, like, continues that pedigree. But I would like to see, you know, a, like, a smaller-scale 2D Metroid launched alongside it, if it does well. I mean, I think that's coming. Yeah. Like, I I, I think based on um, Samus Returns, I think that was very much them trying to set the stage for that to come back. That's what I've heard. That, and that's one of the things, too, that's so cool about Metroid, right? Is like you could have two different games that function in two totally different ways, and there's it's still it's still Metroid. Yep. And I mean, that's what it that's what it really has in common, in, for my money, with Mario and Zelda. That's why I think people put it in that echelon. Is like, you know, that's what Mario and Zelda do best. Is that there's a two D Zelda, you know, the isometric top down, link to the past, classic style, and the three D Zelda. There's the 
2D side scroller Mario and there's the 3D Mario 64 Mario. But Metroid can do the pe- same thing. I don't, I don't know that people would accept those. I don't know that people would accept going back to that style with those games. I mean, franchises. I think I think they do though. I mean, like you look at um, Link Between Worlds sold really well. Yeah, Link Between Worlds on 3DS. That was a huge game and people loved it. And uh, with Mario, I mean, the new Super Mario Brothers games do that. And granted, it's been a while since we had one, but. Um, yeah, I, I think I think there is still a market for for both of those kinds of games. I think you just need to sell them differently, you know. Like I think um, I would love to see two different skews of the smaller Zeldas, Mario's, Metroid sell for like thirty or twenty or maybe forty dollars, and then the you know three D big AAA productions are the ones we get every few years, and they're sixty dollars, and it's like a huge fucking event, you know. Um, and I, I think that's doable. I think Metroid can do that. Uh, I just, I just don't think it has. You know, especially when you think about the last game they tried to make was Other M, and Team Ninja made it, and it sucked. You know, and it had a terrible story, and it was sexist, and nobody liked it. So I think if they come out and it's firing on all cylinders, I don't think there's ever been a better time for Metroid to come back. I, you know, what would be really cool. I forget. I think it's Capcom makes Castlevania. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Capcom. It, it would be really cool to see, like, Metroid Prime come out and Capcom, like, sneak in under that with, a like, a beefed-up classic, like, Symphony of the Night Expanded Edition for the Switch. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that would be a smart play. <laughs> I think I just killed Thompson. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> oh, that was so good. I wonder, I wonder if Bloodstained will be out by the time this comes out. It better be. I'm dying for that, that game. That new Ega joint, which has been in development for what feels like for goddamn. Tito, have you played Hollow Knight? A decade. Oh uh, no, but I have watched. It's coming to Switch. All of it. Uh, so you should play Hollow Knight because as someone who likes Metroidvanias and Dark Souls, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> cool. Um, so any any final thoughts on this one before we move on? I wish I knew more about Metroid. Yeah, uh, Metroid is a is a franchise I also don't Metroid's have a super a pretty deep cool relationship guy. with. He kills alien and doesn't I... afraid of anything. <laughs> and is also secretly a woman. Um, I I only played Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime Two. That's like the only Metroid games I've really had ever any experience with. I never played the originals. I played uh, what was it Fusions on the GBA oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as that well. Was a good game. That's the only like traditional Metroid I've ever played. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm hyped. Like, I, I, this game is definitely high on my radar um, because I really want it to be the game that gets me into Metroid. Well, you in have that a SNES way. Mini. Play Super Metroid yesterday. I'm gonna. I, I would like to. Yeah, I, I would definitely like to. Um, and the, the Metroid Prime news, and then the release of um, what was it? We were just talking about it. The 3DS one. The Samus Returns. Year. Samus Returns. Those games both got me in a place where I was kind of like, you know, I should really go back and play the original Metroid. So, maybe I'll give it a shot. Alright, so, uh, as you as you all can probably see, uh, there was a pretty big trend of leaks this week. You know, video game leaks, uh, love them or hate them, they're a huge part of the news cycle, you know? Um, and... I, I guess I wanted to take this opportunity this week to kind of talk to you all about how you feel they affect the industry. Do you think that um, they're a good thing because they create hype for a game, uh, or do you think that there's a possibility that um, that they could 
you know, maybe damage a game's uh, release, you know, by either promising things that don't make it to the final cut or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of open the floor to get your get your thoughts on this one. So I, when I think about leaks, I, I don't just think about games. I think about, uh, like, all industry, basically. Mm-hmm. And it affects them in different ways. So, like, in music, leaks can be painful if you if you leak like the actual music ahead of time just because that could hurt sales right um because people have access to it early and that happens with basically every album nowadays and it's kind of par for the course and it changed the entire industry uh whereas with games that's not really as big of a problem just because how do you how do you leak a a game yeah you you leak information Um, usually right uh with it with and with that i think Oftentimes, it's a positive thing because, uh, like in the case of what we talked about with Red Dead, here's a game I didn't care about at all that now I'm interested in because of what I heard that they were saving for later. But now, when they when they when they show it and when they talk about it, I'll have a familiarity from hearing this leak that now I'm like really ready to receive that information. Totally. Um, and so I think. More often than not, it's probably good in games. Obviously, there are times when you hear things that are bad about a game, but all it takes to remedy that is a cool trailer that shows that whatever was in the leak was wrong or that it wasn't what you thought it was. Uh, Games have that power that a lot of other industries might not. Um, And uh, I I just I don't really think that it that it hurts. uh, Gaming companies have ideas about how they want to give out information a lot of times i feel like information comes out too slow and um i think leaks can actually help build excitement rather than diminish it i would say like i can't right now think of a time where a leak really really hurt a game and i'm sure you guys will have an example of where it did but i can't think of one i can only think of times where it helped build excitement for me or the community uh one thing i will say before i stop talking is that um a lot of times i think gaming companies hurt themselves with information Mm. more than anything else uh a a good example of that is blizzard they're notorious for talking about things that don't make it into their games uh right world of warcraft that it happens every expansion to where nobody actually really takes what they say seriously because all the time they announce things that, oh, that sounds like it's not going to actually make the game mm. because it's just too big or whatever. And uh, that hurts because there are people who really do, who look, you know, not everybody's up on it and not everybody realizes that they're saying things that probably won't release. And so they get excited about stuff and then it turns out to not in the game and then that person doesn't want to play because that's something they really, really cared about. Right. And so I think gaming companies themselves shoot themselves in the foot, and, and should be more cautious with stuff like that. But I don't think leaks themselves are a problem. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, I don't think leaks are a problem. I honestly don't think they're anything except good in the long run, because, like, it's important to have some kind of, you know, independent narrative around the development of a game and not let uh, the company control everything you hear about it until it's released. Like, because that's how we end up with Spore. Sure. Um, I was just about to bring yeah. that up, so I'm glad if, someone you know, did. Yeah, right. Even you know, a more recent example, like uh, 
No Man's Sky, right? Right, yeah. And, like, having those leaks, having, you know, that those kind of checks on developers is good, in my mind. Uh, because it's a way to sort of hold them accountable to even just, you know, help steer a direct, like, the direction a game's going towards the right place. Sure. Like, if, you know, maybe this leak came out about uh, Red Dead, you know, this week, and only half of it's right, you know. They definitely were already doing first person and having those branching narratives, but... Uh, battle royale mode something they'd never considered and now everybody's talking about this battle royale mode and like how cool that would be and then so we get that and they're like shit yeah <laughs> that's a good that's, idea it's like a really good idea we should do that <laughs> right yeah I, I think that, that there is the possibility of that happening right or of people negative react, re, uh, negatively reacting to something and you being like oh let's get that out of the game before we put it out yeah totally possible you did bring up a point Andy, that I that I hadn't considered, which is if a leak is not actually real, if it's fabricated. So, like, let's say for example, everything that was in that um, that report that we read was fake. That would suck. Yep. Um, but my interest in the game is peaked enough that like, even if none of what we we read is in the game, if it looks great, as someone who didn't care about it before. I'm still open enough to what they're what they're doing that they might have something else that's really cool in the game that I will be excited about, even if that stuff's not in it. You know? Yeah, I, I think I think where leagues like this are most damaging is um, for stuff like that, like rumor mill stuff like that, where it's like when it comes to a specific game, I think unless you're promising, you know, unless you're doing a Peter Molyneux situation where you're getting promised the sun and stars and you get neither of those things um i'm inclined to agree with you guys i think where where stuff like this hurts the most uh in my mind are two scenarios one of which is um what andy you might remember the name of the upcoming tomb raider game shadow shadow of the tomb raider right there was famously that leak a few months ago um actually i guess it was early last year at this point where somebody saw a Square Enix employee working on the game on a subway and, like, took a picture of his computer and they leaked all this information, right? And that's a scenario where I think that it kind of has hurt that game a little bit. And not that it'll hurt its bottom line in the long run, but the fact that, sure, we knew another Tomb Raider game was coming, right? But knowing there's another Tomb Raider game, it has a name, it's this far in development, we know this, this, and this about it or whatever... They still haven't confirmed anything about the game, but people are constantly asking about it. And it's like, it's a thing that now they've lost control of the message around this game. Because there could be something else they want to focus on, something else they want to push, something else that they want to want people to be thinking about, but instead they're thinking about Tomb Raider. You know, they're asking about Tomb Raider. And that, that can create a problem for them in marketing uh, or even just optics, right? Of Where's this fucking game? I heard about it like two years ago. Why the fuck haven't I heard about it yet? And that, you know, I think can lead to um, people getting like, starting to create a narrative around the game. Right. And that I think is the most dangerous thing. And the other example I'm thinking of is the same thing of like, uh, you think about that Nintendo Direct back in, in, in early January, right? And everyone was like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be their next E3 and they're going to announce Metroid Prime 4's developer and release date and this and that and this and this and this. And it was all bullshit. It was, none of it was real. 
And what did that do? It created this artificial hype train that, like, we, we gamers, set ourselves up for. People like us and the media fed into it. And then we were all fucking, and we, not us, yeah. you know, uh, were mad when it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. And, like, that's that's bad, too. I mean, you know, there's, in the Tomb Raider situation, A, I forgot that that's how that leak happened. That's, like... Who the fuck is able to work on a subway? <laughs> I don't know. That guy definitely got fired. Too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, like yeah. who is able to take out a laptop and do work on a subway? That aside, it's like, it's really easy for them to like reclaim the narrative around it. Just be like, yes, we're working on a Tomb Raider. Like, here's some concept art. It'll be out eventually. Yep. Um, like, that's all, that's all they have to do to get people off their case about, like, when's Tomb Raider? Like, why haven't you said anything about Tomb Raider? We know you're working on it. Just... Probably just because they're not ready. Just, like, acknowledge that you're working on it and say, like, we don't have anything else to say right now. Yeah. Um, but... And the Nintendo thing... I... I will... I, I will admit to feeding into that hype, or buying into that hype a little bit. But I do think we all do I, it. I do think the Nintendo like paradigm of I forget what the slightly larger direct after the one people got mad about was. Um, I don't think I I, I, thought th- yet, I thought there was there? one. I I thought there was like oh it was the Nintendo just Labo the mini direct. direct. Oh right, that wasn't a direct uh, though. It was just a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do think that Nintendo is smart to operate that way where they like Mm -hmm. segment out things they don't want to squish each other yes like like doing a small direct and saying hey you know we know like you want to hear about the big stuff but we're not going to talk about that right now here's you know a mario tennis game for the switch which i am hyped for yep helps to get people hyped for that kind of small stuff sure yeah I can see Whereas, that. like, if it was the, you know, all of that plus the Nintendo Labo trailer at the end, Nintendo Labo is the only thing anyone's talking about. Or Metroid Prime. Or Met- yeah, or <laughs> Metroid Prime, if they roll that Metroid Prime. Right. And that's, that's where I think, like, the leaks can be a negative thing, is, like, when someone does have a very calculated PR plan or rollout of this is how we're rolling things out and this is why... Um, like, think about how damaging a real leak would have been to Fallout, right? We constantly talk about how good Fallout 4's release was. They There were some mild leaks, but nothing that could be substantiated, nothing anyone could prove. It finally gets a, a real announcement, and it's out in, like, eight months. I mean, and it's, like, it was good. There were consistent enough leaks of, like, for the whole time that game was in development was, like, you know, they brought in voice actors for... Right. Uh, to yeah. read X, Y, and Z script, and it was pretty obvious, oh, this is Fallout 4, oh, it's in Boston. Yeah, yeah, and don't, but, like, those came over the course of, like, years, too, you know? And, like, it wasn't like this. It wasn't like, oh, here's a big design document with, like, all the information about the game. It was like, we saw some people from Bethesda in Boston, and they hired this guy who does this radio character back. So it's like, it was little things that were like, yes, this points to this, but it gives us no information about what the game looks like when it's coming. You know, like, 
not in the way that like where Fallout was announced and it was like a moment, you know, of like fuck, like it's out in six months and get hype. And I like we won't have that for a game like Tomb Raider. You know, none of these none of these examples uh, prove that the game was hurt though. No, like so that so so I guess where where is the concrete evidence that a game has ever been hurt by these? I I don't know that it, there has been. You know, I, I really don't think I've ever seen anything get hurt. If anything, it raises up points like Andy said, where people might say, "Hey, that's cool. Why don't we have this?" I, I know Blizzard. Uh, you know, does the April Fool's thing every year, and like I think, <laughs> you know, a few of the things have actually become part of the game. You know, like I know, like uh, Chogall for Heroes of the Storm. They're like, "Yeah, hey, isn't that stupid? Two player? Oh wait, you want it? All right, fuck it. It's a character." You know, so that's great. You know, and I, I don't know. The only thing I think it could hurt, with like you guys are saying, is something like a Tomb Raider situation, right? I don't think anything like that's really happened. At the very least, people are talking about Tomb Raider, and I personally think we're still kind of pulling off the 2017 like cluttered you know there's a lot of stuff going on right these leaks keep me informed on stuff uh like not even if it's real or not just like that the game's there you know like it's on your mind i'm not gonna lie man like i keep forgetting red 2 is even a thing red dead 2 is a thing you know yeah um not that i don't want to play it i'm super hyped for it it's just there's like i'm still like i'm in far cries coming out and all these other things and you know andy was talking about vampire um there's you know keeping the leaks for something like red dead 2 where i know i'm gonna like it but i'm not enthusiastic about it yet you know what i mean hearing that kind of stuff just makes me remember why did i like the first one so much you're like oh right that's right around the corner (laughs) yeah like something like when andromeda was coming out i was kind of like yeah i mean i'm not really excited to go back into the mass effect world but the information coming and spinning off the game before it was out was enough to make me like very closely almost by the game you know so like it does have a certain pull for me uh you know if it's a game you know you're gonna like anyway like you're just gonna buy it but if it's something like you know i got no knowledge about uh a a ton of the stuff we talk about that have leaks right that's usually like sean said the first time i'm hearing about something and the next time we talk about it i feel like all right at least i got a foothold in this you know i'm not jumping in blind because that kind of sucks when you want to commit to buying a thing that you got really no idea about but if you've been hearing about something even like a brand new IP for like over a year, um, even unsubstantiated evidence, you at least have a feel for it, you know, and you like familiarity in a way. And I think that's a good thing. Like, I don't see how PR about a game is like, I mean, unless, you know, like a controversy, right? That's different. But the PR of people just talking about it from Tomb Raider, I don't see how that's ever going to hurt it. Like, even if they don't talk about the damn game for another solid year, it's like people remembered it was there. You Kingdom Hearts fans, want kingdom hearts and you don't need these little trailers and stuff you're gonna buy it you know what i mean and it's just there at this point for you guys you know i think so it's just one of those things you you set yourself up good you know you're fine if you don't have like a new ip or something leaks are good uh, on both angles they're good you know like you really i don't think could really find you know unless unless there's like you know somebody like copy the game or some shit like like almost word for word and everything it was like yeah here's the here's the leak of this guy's you know project that he's working on steal the design documents and make a shit version first (laughs) yeah that's shit but like i've never seen corporate espionage in the game industry like that that so at least not to our knowledge yeah like i haven't seen it yet (laughs) so it could it could have already happened who knows who knows 
Yeah, so any... Well, there, hey, there is that there is that League of Legends ripoff from China that's got, like, Shrek and all the other Disney Yo. characters in it. Yep. Oh, my so, God. What? Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, like, this knockoff League that's got, like, you know, just... It's, like, the exact same abilities and probably numbers and all that. Uh, it's just, like, the character models are just, like, yep. Disney characters and shit instead. That's all yep, it yep. is, it's yeah. It's, like, Shrek is a direct clone of, I think it's Alistar from League. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. he runs at you and headbutts like, you and... disturbing. Got the knock up and everything. Yeah. It's totally it's, ridiculous. It's goofy as fuck, but like, whatever. Super funny, obviously. Yeah. And obviously, you know, that didn't hurt anyone. League's already established. Sure. Uh, Alright, so any, any closing thoughts on this one before we wrap it up? I like leaks. They help me. <laughs> I like leaks. <laughs> um, give, me, give me leaks. They're good. Um, if you want me to buy your game, I'm probably going to need some kind of information about it because I've still got a pile of shit I haven't even beaten yet. So if you want it to stand out, eh, you know, like keep keep the hype rolling. You know, you got to keep interesting in, you know, in my mind because there's so many things out there. So leaks are always sometimes good, you know, like, just go with it. <laughs> I mean, for me, I feel sorry for you if your information gets leaked. But I'm happy about it because it gives me something to talk about on this show. Yo. So there's that too. Keep me employed. <laughs> like, How about that? I I really don't understand why um, a video game companies like keep things so close to the chest. Mm. I, I I think it's because of the fear of what we're talking about, man. Like gamers are very reactionary, and if you say something that ends up not being in the game, like look at you know look at uh no man's sky right of you promised this and oh it's not exactly what i wanted or exactly how you said it promised a lot bad. though i mean and, but that's the <laughs> he, thing he man, didn't just like, make the, one failed promise the reality of game design though is like so much harder like like none of us have any concept of it and 90 i would go as far as saying 99 percent of the people that fucking play video games have really no idea how hard it is to make a game and it's really easy to come up with an idea, and it's also really easy for your idea to not come out the way you thought it was. You know, and it's like, I, I feel like that's why. I, you know, I, we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, the issue of transparency in gaming and why aren't developers more transparent, and I think that's why. I think because we fucking overanalyze everything they say, and we are not forgiving of mistakes. So it's like, it's easier to not say anything and put your game out when you're fucking damn sure exactly what's going to be in that box and on that shelf than trying to get hype going and then have that ultimately bite you in the ass. And I think that's kind it's of a the, dangerous thing. That's kind of the like risk-reward the... thing here, you know? Yeah, it's the Ouroboros of hype, you know? Like, if it's consuming <laughs> itself, basically, then... Yeah, I mean, hype, hype's a great thing until it's not, right? Until it turns on you. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Uh, you know, I, I think overall, I think from what we've seen here, though, right, from this conversation we've had, I would argue that they're mostly a positive thing. It sucks for the PR department, but I don't think it often really affects a game's bottom line unless the game was already busted, you know, like if it was already going to perform poorly. So I think it's it only it only helps. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, so that's going to wrap free up. Free marketing. Oh, no, what? Oh, fine. I said, I said free marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. In a lot of cases, it is. 
Um, all right, so that's going to wrap up the conversation here on episode 41 of the Video Game Pals. Remember, if you want to let us know what you think about video game leaks, any of the stuff we talked about today, or, you know, send us your, your thoughts to be read on the air, um, just hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can follow our sister show at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. And, uh, you know, again, if you're an audio listener, please like the show, uh, jump over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. It really helps the show get recognized. If you're a YouTube listener, like the video, share it with a friend, subscribe to the channel. Um, you know, do what you can to get more people to come check out what we're doing here at the Pals Network and uh, get involved. And remember to write in and get your free copy of Life is Strange if you want that. Write us a, a short essay about why you deserve a free copy of Life is Strange and uh, we'll give it to you. So, yeah. I've already got Life is Strange on the PlayStation and the computer, but I still want it to be that you got to write why yeah. I shouldn't have it. Like, I want <laughs> that to be a running theme that Thompson's you've always got to write. Of Life is Strange away Write from about yeah, why like, you deserve this game more than Thompson. Like, I'm definitely not taking it, but, like, write why I don't deserve it or you deserve it more than me or whatever. All right. So, yeah, do it up. Hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking about this week's show and uh, get your free copy of Life is Strange. All right. So with that, uh, let's jump into some plugs and then we'll bounce out of here. Sean? Uh, so first of all, uh, you can listen to me on the Comics Pals. Uh, I am the host over there. And uh, if you like comics, it's a fun time. So come jump over and hear that. It releases the day before this episode or the day before this show. Uh, and then, uh, if you are into that stuff and you like the Black Panther, you should listen to our book club, which is out now and, uh, it's really good. So check that out. And then for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox, where you can talk to me about anything except pirates. (laughs) And if you really want to talk to him about pirates, do it anyway. He's a nice guy. You can talk to me. I'll, I'll secretary all the stuff out for you. He may or may not drag you publicly, but I mean, hey, see how it goes. Andy? Uh, if you want to check me out, I'm over at Tiger underscore Millions on Twitter. I tweet about surrealism and anime and socialism. It's great. <laughs> Thompson? You can find me at Real Life Vampire. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, I just talk on this show. I don't do anything else. <laughs> All right, if you want to find me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on the Comics Pals with Sean the day before this show posts and on the Riverdale Review Wednesdays um, on all of our platforms. Uh, So go check that stuff out. And, um, oh, yeah, and me and Thompson, we've been streaming lately. That's the thing we're we're starting to do now. So, you know, uh, go check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash loudpete. No underscore on that one. And uh, I stream now, so go do that. Come, come hang out with me. It's fun. Makes me feel um, good. <laughs> so We feel like we have friends. Yeah, right? Makes me feel like I have friends when people talk to me in the chat. It's nice. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for episode 41 of the Video Game Pals. Remember, Peggy will be back next week. We've got some big esports bombs for you. Um, and, you know, obviously whatever else is going on in the world of gaming. So uh, with that, we are the Video Game Pals signing off. Take care, Later. guys.